two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies. Talking about the struggle, talking about Big Papa. Yeah. Hello, ho, ho, ho. It's Big Papa's, the podcast for modern dads. I'm Dan Worry-Smith, and uh, this is a very special bonus episode as we wrap up the holiday season of 2019. Not just the year, but the whole decade. We're into a new year. It's a new beginning, and with me on the line to discuss this and much more, Chris Kim. Chris uh, is an executive director in the investment banking world. He's a father of two girls, a three-and-a-half-year-old and a 14-month-old. Chris, thanks for being with me today. Happy to be here. Happy holidays, Dan. Hope you guys had a good one. Yeah, for sure. And uh, same to you. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of in this headspace and been having this experience for a little while now that I'm just about to dive into. Uh, you know, listeners who are tuning in will remember the last they heard from me. We were a couple months away and now we are a couple weeks, who knows, maybe even just days away from the arrival of my son. Uh, obviously, really excited about that. A, a little nervous, you know, all those feelings that go into it. But you've been, uh, you've been parenting two kids for, for well over a year now now how have you found that experience so far it's been honestly a bigger change than i thought it would be um i i'm thinking back on my time sort of like the weeks before our second uh, amelie was born and i remember having those sort of tingly feelings again of like oh how's it gonna be um a couple things that have really struck me now that i'm like you said over a year into it i think number one the baby part of it is way easier. Um, having gone through it already, you're definitely much more uh, in tune with how to do, whether it's the diaper changing or the sleep training or you know the whole bottle routine and breastfeeding routine. It's, it's amazing how much better you are the second time around. Um, the, obviously, the big difference is now you've got a second. Um, that you also have to take care of at the same time, who, you know, still have um, the attention requirements for mommy and daddy. And honestly, I felt from the dad's perspective that in a lot of ways, the jump from one to two kids was more than the jump from no kids to one kid. Right. And that's still the case, even being a, you know, a modern dad, who wants to be a sort of fully committed and equal partner in terms of the whole parenting uh, game. And I think it really becomes, it comes down to the fact that you basically become a single dad to your oldest, (laughs) especially for the first sort of six months, given mom is really the one that the baby needs the most. And that was somewhat expected but I didn't quite realize how much of an impact it would have just in terms of my life and even more so you know the the added difficulty is most of the time you have your second when the first is probably somewhere between two and three years old um I know that's probably going to be the that's going to be the uh, situation for you as well and that ends up being that time where your toddler is really sort of developing a personality is developing you know a bit of an attitude uh, starting to talk back a little bit more, pushing their boundaries, <laughs> and the whole, you know, the uh, the terrible two slash three-nager stage. And so it also coincides with you having to become that quote-unquote single dad when your oldest is going through that really, frankly, difficult stage. And so 
that was a little bit of a uh, of an unexpected wake up call for me. But honestly, uh, when I look back on it, it's such a rewarding experience. And even though you know you'll say there's pros and cons from having to take care of your oldest a lot more than you were when it was just one kid. Um, the, the close relationship that I've developed now with my oldest, Ariel, um, is really something special. And I think especially as the father of two girls, that father-daughter relationship you know, is something special as, as they grow up. And it's really been something that's, uh, as I reflect back on sort of the one and a half, almost one and a half years now of having two, it's, uh, it's been a real special and rewarding experience as a dad. This is so much great stuff in there. It's really hitting home for me. I mean, it, we first of all, we, we're really on that same kind of timeline as far as the age of our kids. And uh, I've been, you know, kind of preparing myself and thinking of what are the things that I can take my daughter Goldie to do? What are the activities that will keep us busy to not only um, give uh, Zoe, my wife, and the new baby a little space, um, but also to make sure that Goldie doesn't feel kind of being pushed to the side or like she's second fiddle, or like the arrival of this new baby, which I think she already has some, you know, at least a little bit of anxiety, or, uh, you know, there's some mystery to it, uh, to really try to minimize any potential negative feeling that she has from it. And of course, you know, this is like billions of people have <laughs> greeted their new sibling when they were the firstborn. Like this is, you know, a tale as old as time as far as the experience goes that Goldie's going to go through. So I don't worry about it too much, but I've definitely been conscious of it. And one of the things that I have kind of noted recently and been tracking, you know, we told Goldie that there would be a new baby coming over six months ago. So she, was, she wasn't even two years old yet. So she has gone over the course of that time, not only from having to start to wrap her mind around this thing that she never would have considered before, but also she's become so much more intelligent in that period. So it's this process of kind of two things at once, of like accepting the thought and rattling it around in her mind and figuring out what she can perceive of it, but also her ability to perceive and her ability to assess things has grown so much in that time. And she really, at this stage, she's so excited for the baby to come. She's gone from a place of, um, of I think, kind of feeling really confused and maybe a little scared about it or at least uh, having some innate feeling that she was going to lose out on some of the attention that she got to, to really embracing it the same way that Zoe and I have and, you know, the idea of the, the baby's in mommy's tummy but soon the baby will live with us and I found it really valuable to compare it to either her cousins who have uh, a younger sibling or friends of hers, you know, I'm sure you found uh, similarly, whether it's family or friends, there are so many people in our lives who are on a very similar kind of timeline with first and then second kids. So it's really been nice to to tie those things in for Goldie's thought process um, and relate it to things that, that she already knows about. And it's been really refreshing to see how she's kind of come around to share our excitement and uh, it's really all, all all positivity and I'm so looking forward to getting to spend that time with her. You know, we already spend a lot of time together which is, is great and um, 
have a great connection and, and that only strengthens, as I'm sure you know, as they get smarter and the vocabulary develops and, uh, you know, Goldie's re- very funny. We joke around all the time. So I'm excited to expand on that. And I mean, it sounds, it sounds like we're, we're having such a similar kind of experience that I'm, you know, just a, a, about a year kind of behind, uh, what your trajectory has been. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, the, um, that theme of the second kid was obviously kind of the, the undercurrent of, of our most recent full season. And uh, when I first spoke to you a few weeks ago about coming on the pod, uh, that was one of the things that, you know, felt like some really good continuity as far as, uh, you know, my journey going towards having the second kid and, and what you can bring to the table on that. I wanted to ask, um, you know, in the, a bit of the prep that you and I did, you would let me know just kind of how demanding your work is. And obviously a big thing for uh, parents in general, but uh, I think especially dads due to the expectations of maybe not taking too much time if if any time at all off of work especially for someone like you um you know what do the demands of your job look like and how do they affect your approach to the work-life balance absolutely i think you know working in finance and having basically worked in finance since i graduated from university um it's it's a tough job especially from an hours perspective um you know because I'm a little bit more senior now, being in my mid-30s, in terms of raw hours in the office, it's not as bad as it was in my 20s, where, you know, frankly, I would regularly work 80, sometimes 90 hours a week. Um, these days, you know, it's a bit more doable with, uh, especially wanting to be home, to be a little bit more present with, with my kids. Um, in general, I'm in the office until around 7 or 8 p.m., um, and so most of the time I'm not having dinner with my kids and family, um, on weeknights. And so what I, what I've essentially had to do is, is try to make it where I will try hard to get home between seven and eight. Um, usually the kids are having dinner at around six thirty, and our youngest, uh, Amelie's bedtime is at 8 PM. And so when I get home, I really try to unplug from work as best as I can. And that's when... I kind of go into really trying to help pick up the slack and, and give my, my wife, Jen, a bit of a break. And so generally what I try to do is help, when I, as soon as I get home, help with the post-dinner kind of cleanup uh, and then getting ready for bedtime routine. And so that's basically sort of helping put my uh, Amelie to bed at 8 o'clock, which includes sort of her final bottle um, and then putting her into her crib. And then our oldest, Ariel, her bedtime is around nine o'clock. And basically from eight to nine, I'm doing sort of the bedtime routine, which includes, you know, whether it's taking a shower, brushing your teeth, doing the whole bedtime story routine. That's where I really try to give my, my wife a break. Um, and that's, that's what we've tried to do. Um, look, sometimes, especially with my job, where it's a, a bit more of a client service role where, you know, if a client asks to do something often, you know, in a very tight time frame, we don't have a lot of time to, um, to basically have a lot of visibility into how my, you know, the next day might look or the weekend might look. So often weekends or vacations might get blown up at any time. And so we have to be huh. flexible. And my wife understands that's kind of just the situation that we're in, given the, given the career that I have. Um, but We've, we've made it work, and I will say, especially at this critical time where I think we're all trying to adjust to what the new normal of being parents to young kids will be like, uh, it's definitely required 
some flexibility on my part and and frankly just being a bit more firm that between 7 and 9 p.m. I want to try to unplug from work. And that usually means, you know, if there's still work to be done, I'll, I'll work from home sort of once both kids are, are in bed. But it has required somewhat of an intentional uh, focus and sort of a level of self-awareness that this is the situation we're in. Let's try to deal with it and make the best of it that we can. I also think, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're probably thinking of you know, how much parental leave you're going to take once, you know, once your son comes, is born. Um, in my industry, unfortunately, it's one where it's not quite the norm yet for dads to take significant time off. And so for both of my kids, I took two weeks off. And that was sort of down the middle of the fairway is a good amount of time that I feel like I can, I can help, especially in those first two weeks. Um, but it isn't so long that, you know, anyone is, is raising eyebrows. Uh, and, you know, I would have loved to take a little bit more time. I think we were, we were fortunate that, um, Jen's mom and sister came for both, um, both of our baby's births to sort of help out in that first few weeks as well. Um, but it's definitely a challenge. I think, you know, even more so our generation where, you know, I think Big Papa's is, is perfectly named where you're trying to be the, the, the podcast for modern dads. You know, it, it really is. We're the first generation where we're really trying to become and be equal sort of helpers and, and parents during this, you know, child rearing years. And, you know, there isn't really necessarily a a path forward to that, um, or, or a, a rubric that we can we can follow that past generations have done. I think even more so in, in our day today, where we're always plugged in at work. You know, everyone's got smartphones, where you can get emails, and you're kind of expected in a lot of ways to be on call um, all the time. Um, it's even harder, um, I think, for dads to try to juggle. Though the expectations at work, especially if you have the kind of job where there's you're expected to be more on call frequently and sort of at all times, as while still balancing and wanting to be that sort of equal parent and partner um, when starting a young family. So it's a challenge, but I think there are ways that you know we've, like I said, we tried to be intentional uh, about how we want to do things, and and so far we're. You know, we're, we're coming, there are times we feel like we're underwater and we're just sort of treading uh, and trying to survive. But I think, especially when we look back on this year, which is a bit of a crazy year, getting into the new normal of, of a second kid, um, we've been able to find a way that works for us. If you, if you had said, you know, to work, I, rather than the two weeks, I want to take like two months, what would the response have been? I do think in today's world, if I had pushed for that, there's nothing they could really say, right? I mean, for whether it's from a legal perspective or, you know, especially in today's social media, if, if there's – no one wants that kind of publicity if there is, you know, telling a father, a potential father that you can't take the time. But I think especially in sort of the finance industry where it's a bit more old school, whether no one would have said anything explicitly – I do think it probably would have affected either compensation or sort of the level of seriousness, at least from an optic standpoint, that people felt I had in my career. 
Right. And so I, I do think there, it definitely would have raised some eyebrows. And again, I don't think anyone would have said anything explicitly, but I do feel deep down, it probably would have had some sort of negative consequence to my sort of future career. And, you know, that's somewhat, you know, I guess if I really wanted to push it, I could have tried. I yeah. think part of it was sort of risk maintenance and, and not trying to rock the boat too much while also feeling like we could handle and manage, um, especially given um, for now, my wife hasn't gone back to work since we've had our first kid. So she hasn't been working for about four years now. And so we felt, uh, especially with some family help, we, we might be able to, to try and make a go of it um, without taking that much more time. And do you think, this is just coming to mind now, and I'm certainly not saying like, hey, why didn't you take a stand? But do you think that maybe for industries such as yours, where an old old school mentality is, you know, kind of the way of that world, do you think that maybe it might take some dads saying, hey, I'm taking three months off, and what are you going to do about it? And this is the new normal as I'm trying to shape it. Or do you think that there is a gradual enough move in that direction um, that sometime, I don't know, in the next decade or whatever the case may be, um, that that will become more normalized? Like, how do you see, you know, the needle moving on something like that, the way that the the culture of that, your industry, and I'm sure there are many others like it, uh, you know, view the idea of pat leave and the idea of, you know, does a dad take his career seriously, even if he wants to take a couple extra months off uh, to be with his family? That's a really interesting question, uh, especially as you start hearing more, and, and, and probably the leading edge of this movement is, you know, tech companies that are really trying to offer those level of benefits and, I guess, equality for both moms and dads, um, and probably the world of finance is on the lagging edge of that kind of change. You're, you're right. It, it may take a few people to start trying to push the envelope right? Um, for there to be real change in some of those, yeah, I guess I'll call it old school industries. It's, it's always a, a tough question where, you know, when it comes down to you in your own career and the risk you want to take versus you know, what kind of change you want throughout the whole world. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a good question. I think as my industry is one where job security is probably more of a concern than most. Right. Um, it is one where whether it's based on how sort of the economy is doing and how the stock market's doing and how just generally um, – businesses in sort of Wall Street, Bay Street, uh, it is one where people sort of get laid off or move from firm to firm fairly frequently. And it's it's often rare for people to be in, at the same firm in investment banking for a long time, you know, five, 10 years plus. Um, and so that probably has a little bit to do with it as well. Um, but you're right. I, I, I do think, you know, for there to be change in 
sort of more old school industries, it will take our generation and sort of the slightly younger generation to start pushing things. And maybe it's a week at a time. Maybe it's not right away to two months, but maybe it's instead of two weeks, you do a month. And then that becomes a bit more of the norm. And then it goes to, then there might be someone who just says, I'll, you know, I'll do two or three months. And that really pushes things forward. You're right. It probably will take something like that to move it forward. Again, it's, you know, it's, do you want to be that, um, I don't call it a martyr. Uh, but do you want to be the person that, that takes that takes that risk? It's always a, a tough individual personal decision. Right. While we're in kind of the philosophical headspace, you know, a lot of parents of our generation, I think, are really kind of on top of their kids uh, and call it helicopter parenting or, or whatever you want. And I'm certainly guilty of maybe being more hands-on than I would like to be when I think of, of how I am as a parent. And, um, you know, kind of the opposite of that would be the more hands-off, let kids be kids and figure some things out for themselves uh, kind of vibe. How would you describe your parents? style yeah i think both jen and i lean towards the more let kids be kids um while also still you know both jen and i are you know come come from sort of immigrant families right where both of our parents moved from korea Mm. um right before we were born so you know we were sort of north american born and raised um, but come from sort of immigrant families and definitely, you know, a- the Asian stereotype, especially of our parents' generation is, you know, really kind of being on top of their kids in terms of, especially when it comes to academics and sort of pushing them to do all sorts of extracurriculars. Um, we think you can, there is a sort of nice best of both worlds where you can still push your kids to, um, do additional sort of whether it's extracurriculars or additional sort of uh, academically oriented uh, activities, especially like outside of school, while also not going over the line where you don't equip your kids to be able to be independent. Um, you know, you I think everyone has sort of read those sort of viral articles about, you know, whether it's millennials who, you know, were sort of coddled their whole life where their parents were basically doing their high school projects for them or telling them how to do things and and basically doing everything for them where, you know, they get to university and for the first time they're on their own and they basically can't survive. Um, We're definitely aware of those things and and those and the, the consequences that can come from being overly, you know, like you call it helicopter parenting um, and so we're on the, I'd say on the spectrum, we're definitely lean towards the let kids be kids, let them learn from their mistakes. You know, when they fall, we're, you know, you don't all overly come to them. Like, oh my gosh, are you okay? It's, it's a bit more of a, you know, well, they fell now this time they'll learn, you know, obviously within, within reason, um, how not to like get hurt the next time. So even we're definitely on that side of the camp. Um, But I do think it will be one of the more challenging things that parents of our generation, we're going to have to kind of deal with um, as our kids grow up, especially in in this generation of technology and and social media, which is, you know, a whole other, whole other topic. I'm, I'm just thankful that my kids are, uh, are only three and a half today. I think it'd be really scary to be a parent of a, you know, young teenager now, just given where technology and social media play today. Um, 
but it is it is something that you know I think we're just constantly going to have to be intentional about how we want to to raise Ariel and Amelie, and then additionally just constantly trying to to be self aware about what we're doing uh, and whether or not it's sort of the right thing for for our girls in terms of sort of preparing them for you know the outside world. Would you would you have a piece of advice maybe that you would impart to someone who's a few years behind uh, you know on the track that you're on maybe someone who's expecting their first kid or thinking about having a kid or the kid just arrived? I think the the one thing that Jen and I have tried to do um, with our second and so Jen and I have been fairly fairly clear with each other that we probably only want to have two kids and so we sort of know that this is the last time around for us going through this phase um and what we try to do is every now and then take a step back and appreciate these years these sort of baby and toddler years um and i think it's easy to get lost um, in the sort of hustle and bustle of being young parents and going through this phase, especially once you have two, um, of being young parents. And sometimes you just want to be over and done with this this phase and get to the point where you know your kids are sort of self sufficient and independent and can you know eat by themselves or play by themselves or go to school by themselves, all of those things. Um, and then, you know, in five to ten years, when your kids are becoming teenagers and mom and dad aren't cool anymore, I think it's it's fairly common that all parents wish they can go back to, to this time where, <laughs> yes, things were difficult and you had to change diapers or, you know, you're, you're going through potty training or going through tantrums, but, you know, your kids absolutely adore you, right? And, you know, I love it when Ariel comes into mom and dad's bed, you know, early morning, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. And, you know, clearly she's been up for, for 20 minutes playing and making up stories. And she'll come and kind of snuggle into our bed and just start asking us random questions. Um, some, you know, I, I remember at a, t- a time when I felt that was a little bit annoying or we really wanted her to sleep in her own room and not come to mom and dad's bed or what have you. And I think one of the things we've, try to do is just make a real effort to be present and appreciative of this time. Um, and I think a saying I've often heard when it comes to parenting is that the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. And I'm sure this will become even more apparent sort of over the years, but already it's crazy how fast these four years of being a parent have gone for me. And I think, uh, for, for those parents who are about to become, you know, about to have their second, I do think during the craziness that it, of, the, of the year it will be, and, and no doubt it will be crazy, um, try to take a step back and realize and appreciate the time that you'll have during this phase because you may or may not have it again. Um, again, I don't know if you're, you know, you're planning on maybe having more than two. Oh no, uh, but, no, but yeah, not for uh, us, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For us, we were, I mean, I remember there was a time in almost in a joking manner uh, at a certain age where Ariel was, I think maybe around two and she was just starting to really have an attitude. We were like, maybe we should only have one. 
I don't even know if we want to have two. Um, again, only half joking. Um, but when because we've known we were just going to have two, um, there have really been times, and I think especially during the holidays, we tried to, to have that um, have that perspective to just take a breath and, and enjoy these years as crazy as they are um, because it, it really won't last that long. The journey is the destination. Indeed. You heard it here it. from Chris Kim. Uh, that's beautiful stuff, man. I mean, we, we covered uh, quite a lot of ground. I really uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're listening out there, uh, Chris actually approached me, uh, which I was really flattered to hear from you, Chris, and uh, really lovely to get some nice feedback from you. Uh, I was super appreciative of the fact that you told me you had let some other people know about the show. You know, obviously, it should go without saying, it means so much to um, to have the show be recommended and, and passed on and, and uh, want as many dads and moms and whoever else it might be useful for to hear it. So I uh, wanted to thank you for that. And uh, thank you for for asking to be a part of it, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope uh, I hope you have a, a happy new year, and uh, chat with you another time down the road. Absolutely, uh, likewise, Dan. And I, and I do think you know I, I am a I am a fan of the pod. I think what you and Pierre have done is is really timely and useful and relevant. And when when Charlie first told me about the pod, and I started listening. Uh, I immediately said, you know, this is this is really useful content that applies like sort of directly to my life. And I do think, again, as modern dads, we're we're all trying to be equal partners and and part and parenting with with our kids and trying to actively manage the balance between being a dad at, at our level and our generation sort of where we are in our careers and. I really think it's sort of we're, we're blazing new ground, right? Our, our parents, the generation, probably have to deal with additional things that we don't. But I think there's a lot of things that we deal with that our parents didn't. And so it's kind of up to us to figure out the right way of doing it. I don't think there's necessarily one path that works for, for everyone. And so having this kind of discourse between you know like-minded people of, of our age is, is really useful and helpful. And, um, you know, really enjoy listening to the pod. Um, same thing. Happy Happy New Year to you and the fam, um, and we'll hopefully onwards and upwards to twenty twenty. Absolutely, and yeah, you know, your our mutual friend Charlie that you mentioned, um, she's about to become a mom too. So I'm sure both Absolutely. you and I will will enjoy tracking her experience, and uh, who knows, maybe uh, maybe I'll get to hear from her on a future episode of Big Papas. <laughs> For sure. Um, thanks again so much, Chris. Uh, really, really appreciate you taking taking some time to chat. You bet. Yeah.